Welcome to another installment of the Sports Red Podcast right here on Heat 100 Radio. It's your boy D in the building. Once again, I'm solo today, but I know my partners are with me in spirit, and we just going to rock out. So last week, I was here, and I did a Wednesday show because of some things going on and whatnot, whatever. But as you saw, I posted, we are back to our regular schedule each and every Monday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. right here. You know you can find me on Facebook, Sports Rap Podcast. It's the group page, and I'm right there right now. So we're going to get this day started. We're going to get this thing cracking. And, of course, I've got your NFL scores for you, a little bit of news for you, but we are going to be heavy, heavy with some draft and some free agent, some draft recap and some free agency updates. So I want to start with some news, and like I always do, I'm going to give you some tidbits and some games when I give you the scores. I'm going to have some things to say about some of the games. I am going to have some things to say about the lackluster performance of the Philadelphia Eagles uh, and how that game shaped up and played out yesterday, which was very absolutely not pretty at all but we'll get into that you know when we get through so let's get it cracking we're gonna get to some scores we get to some news first uh there's a report out that you saw yesterday that joe burrows got hurt the rookie quarterback for the cincinnati Bengals, who was having a pretty good season so far it apparently appears that he has torn his acl and will be done for the remainder of the season it's been reported that five players designated by the NBA Players Association will meet with Pope Francis to discuss their work on social injustice issues. Now, I don't really know how I feel about that. Um, and I just mean that as far as them talking to the Pope. It may turn out to be a good thing. It may not. But I think what would have been more conducive for them is to possibly, and this is to the NBA Players Association, you might have, wanted to thought of, might have wanted to thought this way as well. Pick one or two reps from each team in each city and have those reps talk to the leaders of those cities, the mayors, the councilmen's, things of that nature. That would probably have come off a little bit better uh, because talking to the Pope... It might turn out to be a good thing, but what does that do for the inner city and for the exact cities that these players play in? You pick five players. You could very easily have picked one player and one alternate player from each team. So that's like two players from each team. And in their individual cities, they do their social injustice talks with the leaders of those cities. Something to think about. Something that we may have to revisit on another show later on down the line. In the WWE, The Undertaker bids farewell to the ring after 30 years in the business. It's a long time for a wrestler uh, to be involved in that particular uh, realm, in that sport, if you will. And, you know, he had a good career. You know, he was a popular star in that realm. So we give him um, kudos and much respect and wish him a good and healthy retirement 
Uh, I got some other stuff here. Some things I'm just going to throw in. It's also tied into my free agency, but I just got these this morning. Uh, there are reports that Mark Gasol will sign with the Lakers on a two-year deal. There's also reports that Austin Rivers will sign with the Knicks on a three-year, $10 million year. $10 million, uh, three-year, $10 million contract. Uh, there were just rumors just yesterday, early yesterday, that he had mutual interest with the Philadelphia 76ers, but apparently those things did not happen, and he has been reported this morning uh, by signing with the Knicks on a three-year, $10 million contract. That is that. We move into the scores from week 11 in the NFL, which started last Thursday. Last Thursday, that game was a pretty good game, um, a game that Seattle needed because they had already lost to Arizona earlier in the season, so they needed to get this one for the split for some posturing in the division. And in that game, Seattle takes that game 28-21. Now we move into yesterday's games. Cincinnati falls to the Washington football team 20-9. The New Orleans Saints, under the, under the leadership of Taysom Hill, Defeat the Atlanta Falcons 24-9. Pittsburgh remains undefeated by beating Jacksonville 27-3. New England falls to Houston 27-20. Philadelphia Eagles fall to Cleveland 22-17. The Detroit Lions are blanked by Carolina 20-zip. Tennessee outlasts Baltimore 30-24. New York Jets fall to the Chargers 34-28. Miami Dolphins lose to a to an injury they fall to the broncos 20 to 13 dallas gets a win yesterday they defeat minnesota 31 28 green bay falls in overtime to indianapolis 34 31 and sunday night football kansas city on a last second touchdown drive by patrick mahomes defeat the las vegas raiders who had given them their only loss earlier in the season 35 31 tonight Closing out week 11, you have the L.A. Rams are at the Tampa Bay Bucks. So, with that being said, Howard, my guy, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you. And long time no see. Hope all is well with you. So, we've got to talk, or I've got to talk a little bit about Philadelphia Eagles versus the Cleveland Browns yesterday. I, I have said this. I'm pretty sure the last couple weeks in a row or the last couple shows in a row that just my take on it right now, in my opinion, is I feel like Doug Peterson should relinquish the play calling role. There were plenty of plays yesterday that I thought were suspect. Um, didn't understand why those particular plays were called in those particular situations. And... Then, towards the end of that game, that last drive, or those last two drives they had, he started to move Carson out of the pocket. He looked like he had a clean pocket, completed some throws, throws that we know he can make. And all of this too late for a win. The plays that were called late in that game are plays that should have been mixed in throughout the entire game, I feel. I also feel that some of the Philly fan base 
should take a, st- a step back from Carson Wentz. And don't get me wrong, I am no way saying that he's out of the woods or out of the water because I also agree that he needs to play better considering the year that he's in in his career. He definitely, definitely needs to play a lot better. I also feel like the coaching staff needs to help him in ways that it doesn't appear to me that they are helping him right now. Like I just said to you, some of the plays I noticed late in that game are plays that I felt like should have been called earlier or throughout that entire game. And again, no way, shape, or form am I saying that he's out of the water. I just think that they're all in the water or in the woods together. So, you know, the Philly fan base is putting all the weight on Carson because he is the star quarterback. He was just paid an awful amount of money. So I get it. I understand it where they're, uh, let's see, where they're pointing of the finger is going. I understand that direction. But I also feel like he's not the only one. It's not all on him because the coaches have to come up with a game plan. Of course, Carson has to execute the plays. He has to get people in position to execute the plays. So there's mutual uh, fault to go around here, if you will. I also want to say that the Eagles uh, just re-signed Jordan Howard to the practice squad. Hopefully he will get called up. And, And it's just that... The, the entire division, we we now know it is what it is, as sad as this division is. And believe it or not, someone from this division will end up making the playoffs because someone has to win the division. Right now, even with an ugly loss yesterday and the Cowboys win, the Eagles are still in first place in this lackluster division, which doesn't say much. It's just the fact that those are the numbers right now and they're in first place. Uh, They have a tough stretch coming up. They've got Seattle, Green Bay, and New Orleans like their next three games. So it's going to be super, super tough for them. It's going to be tough continually the rest of the season for the entire division because they have to play some of those other teams have to play some of those teams as well. So nobody in the division has more than three wins, and we are going into week 11 of the NFL season, which is pretty bad, if you will. It's, it's really bad. And, but like I said, unfortunately, where we are, someone from this division will win the division, and someone that someone will end up making the playoffs uh, this year. Also, I have to say, Alshon Jeffrey was activated last week. Didn't see him much on the field. Yesterday, I believe I saw him on the field for one play. One pass attempt throwing it, thrown his way. So you couldn't trade him. And I understand because of the money, the issues and things of that nature. But if you have him here and you're looking for some type of hope, some type of turnaround for the season. When you have guys that are on your team that you consider your top tier players, they have to be out there and you have to put them in positions to help you win games. You can't just straggle them out there one or two plays and hope that he can do some things in those two plays. There's a 60 minute game that has to be played. So he should have been out there a lot more 
And again, I, I, I do not fault Carson Wentz completely. I think it's mutual fault for coaching staff and head coach and Carson Wentz, all included. You know, none of them, I mean, none of them are out of the water or out of the woods, if you will. It, it's a it's a unit that is bad. And I think it even stretches down to the general manager. Uh, I think we are getting to that point, like I mentioned with Andy Reid, when Andy Reid was, was fired, it was just time. The marriage had run its course. I think we're getting to that point with to that point with Howie Roseman because he has missed several attempts. Um, the last two years, in particular, where the Eagles need a lot of help in the wide receiver position. Last year, you did not draft DK Metcalf. This year, you did not draft Justin Jefferson, and we all see what those guys are doing for their respective teams right now. So I think it's getting to that point where we might be needing a change with the GM position. It, it, it you know, I think Howie's run has run its course, and I think there needs to be a change there. I also think that there needs to be an offensive coordinator brought in who can call plays. If you remember the Super Bowl year when Carson Wentz was in contention for the MVP of the league. There was Frank Reich. You see what he's done now in Indianapolis. He has been sorely missed the last several years. Sorely, sorely missed. And it shows immensely. So I'm looking and hoping for some changes to be made this offseason. You know, I, I am to the point now where the season is what it is. I have accepted that the team is bad, really bad. The entire division is bad, and whoever makes the playoffs, whoever wins the division makes the playoffs, kudos to them for getting the win in this sloppy, immensely poor division. Going to move on now to my picks for Week 11 in the NFL. And, of course, you know it's coming up. Thursday is Thanksgiving, so we have our Thanksgiving games. We have three games on Thanksgiving. The Texans are at the Lions, who always play on Thanksgiving. In that game, I am definitely going to take the Texans. I, I don't see the Lions beating them, even though the Lions are at home. You've got a division matchup, the Washington football team versus the Cowboys. In my opinion, the Cowboys got one yesterday, but in my opinion, this game, if I was a better, this game would be a push for me. So, ironically... I am going to stretch a little bit, and I'm going to pick the Cowboys at home. Third game for Thanksgiving Thursday, the Ravens at the Steelers. I am going with the Steelers at home in that game. They're undefeated, and they are playing like they should be undefeated. So, in my opinion, there's not really much of a fluke there. They are playing like they should be playing as an undefeated team. And once again, they are well coached. Moving into Sunday's games, Raiders at the Falcons. I'm going to go with Las Vegas in that game. Uh, the L.A. Chargers are at the Bills. I'm going with the Bills because of their defense. And like I said, I've been impressed with Josh Allen so far this season. But I just love the grit and the toughness of that Buffalo Bills defense. 
The Giants are at the Bengals. I'm going to give this one to the Giants for the sake of Joe Burrow being hurt. I'm not 100% sure who their backup quarterback is at, at the moment. So I'm going to give that one to the Giants. The Titans are at the Colts. I know the Colts' defense is tough, but there's some injury issues with Phillip Rivers. I'm going to give this one to the Titans due to their running attack. The Panthers at the Vikings. Unsure about Teddy Bridgewater. So I'm going to go with the Vikings at home. The Cardinals at the Patriots. I'm going to stretch here, play devil's advocate. I'm going to go with the Cardinals on the road. The Dolphins at the Jets. Although Tua has been injured, I don't know the severity of his injury, but we know how things can be played out with Fitzmagic. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins. The Cleveland Browns are in Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. The running attack didn't really get started until late yesterday. And it really, really didn't have a major, it had an impact, but I don't feel like it had a major impact on the game yesterday. But that means to me, or it feels like to me, that they'll be due for some better things. I'm going to go with Cleveland. The Saints at the Broncos. I like the things that Taysom Hill can do. Again, another team that's well coached that will adjust some things to help uh, Taysom Hill be comfortable in that offense and like I said with his skill set he can adapt very easily going with the Saints uh, there another division game the 49ers are at the Rams 49ers lost their starting quarterback once again the Rams are still intact for the most part in their home in a division game I'm going with the Rams there the Chiefs are at the Bucks. the Bucks are beginning to do some things but we know the machine that the Kansas City Chiefs are. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. The Bears at the Packers. Packers coming off a loss, coming back home. Uh, not sure who's going to be starting at quarterback for the Bears. I'm going to go with the Packers. And finally, closing out week 11, Monday Night Football. The Seahawks are in town to face off against the Eagles. Now, normally, I would say... Again, like I said earlier in the season when the Eagles got their first win going to San Francisco, that these are the type of games that they usually win. I don't feel the same way at this point after seeing what I saw yesterday. I don't feel the same way. So I am going to go with the Seahawks coming into town and beating the Eagles. And for that matter, the Seahawks have had our number for a long time. So I am definitely, I'm going to pick the Seahawks there in that game as well. So there you have it. That's your NFL recap from week 10 and looking forward to week 11. It is 34 minutes past the 11 a.m. hour. I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, we're going to talk NBA draft, Sixers moves, and we're going to get into some free agency. Stay tuned, folks. You are tuned into Sports Rap on Heat 100 Radio. It's your boy D. Signing out right now for a few minutes, and I will be back on the other side with more sports coverage for you. With the continuation of today's episode of the Sports Rap Podcast, you know where to find me. Uh, you know where to find me. Like I said, Facebook Live. 
Sports Bad Podcast is the group page. You can check me out there. And, folks, you know, like I always say, if you have any comments, any questions, or anything that I say, you know I did it last week, and I do it every week. I will acknowledge people as they tune in because I will see you, and I will read your comments uh, as many as I can while we are on air. So what I want to do right now is I want to get you caught up with the first round of the NBA draft. And, you know, I'm not going to talk in depth about every pick, but I will go into what the Sixers did with their picks, and then I will get into this free agency thing, which started on Friday. So, without further ado, here we go. And I'm going to give you the team. I'm going to go through all 30 picks of the first round. I'm going to give you the team and the player that was picked. Um, Although there are some lows, the enforcer, what's going on? Although there were some trades, and and I actually don't have all of them in here, but, you know, you can catch up on that on your own. But I'm going to catch you up as best I can with everything that's going on, especially for myself and my other Sixers fans because I feel like for the first time in a while, the Sixers have had a really good draft, I believe, and they did some things in free agency. One of the things that I talked about was uh, almost something that had to be done from where they were as far as salary cap in order to make some moves. And they did that, and some of the moves that they made were pretty good, and I think it's going to help, especially with the addition of Doc Rivers as the coach. So here we go. 2020 NBA draft, number one pick. A lot of people were speculating that it would be LaMelo Ball. And up until they were on the clock to make that pick, the Minnesota Timberwolves were still a little shaky and uncertain about what they were going to do with that pick. Ultimately, they kept the pick, and they choose Anthony Edwards out of the University of Georgia. We move into the number two pick. The Warriors picked James Wiseman of Memphis. Now, this is something that they needed as far as um, in a big man to play in the middle to anchor their defense for them. But then they got the news that Klay Thompson is injured again. He's towards Achilles, and he will miss this season as well. So the fortune for the Warriors is not looking bright right now. Hopefully James Wiseman can come in and make an impact and those guys that are there, the veterans, can do some things and push them back into contention uh, without Clay. At number three, the Charlotte Hornets take LaMelo Ball. At number four, the Chicago Bulls take Patrick Williams out of SF, out of Florida State. Cleveland Cavaliers at number five take Isaac Okoro out of Auburn. Number six, the Hawks take Onyeka Okongwu of USC. Next up, the Pistons take a guard in Killian Hayes. The Knicks draft a hometown favorite, Obi Toppin, out of Dayton. The Wizards go with the foreign player, Danny Avizi, who was highly touted out of Israel. The Suns up next take Jalen Smith from Maryland. The Spurs take Devin Vassell from Florida State. The Kings uh, take Tyrese Halliburton, whose name was floating around a lot. Uh, in this draft from uh, out of Iowa State. 
The Pelicans up next take Kara Lewis out of Alabama. Next, the Celtics takes Aaron, Smith, Aaron Nesmith out of Vanderbilt. The Magic take Cole Anthony, the guard out of North Carolina, who was reportedly on the Sixers' radar, but he did not last long enough for the Sixers to make that selection. The Blazers next up take Isaiah Stewart from Washington, and it was a proposed trade for him to go to the Pistons. Uh, the Timberwolves, Barry McNair, thanks for tuning in. The Timberwolves again take Alexei, I can't pronounce his last name, but it's the guard, uh, the big man out of Serbia. The Mavs take Josh Green out of Arizona. The Nets are up next. They take Sadiq Bey out of Villanova, who was also in a proposed trade to the Pistons. The Heat at number 20 take Precious Achuara from Memphis. At number 21, the Sixers take Tyrese Maxey out of Kentucky. We will talk a little bit about that later on. Uh, the Nuggets up next take Zeke and Najee from Arizona. The Knicks take Leandro Bomaro from Argentina. The Bucks, R.J. Hampton. The Thunder after that, Emmanuel Quickly out of Kentucky. The Celtics take Peyton Pritchard out of Oregon. The Jazz, Yudoka Azubike, the big man from Kansas. The Lakers, Jaden McDaniels out of the University of Washington. The Raptors take Malachi Flynn out of San Diego State. And closing out round one, the Celtics once again take Desmond Bain, another name who was on the Sixers draft board or on their radar, but they chose to go in a different direction. So with that being said, I'm going to move into the Sixers info and give you first what the Sixers have done in the draft, and then I'll get into some other transactions that were made uh, over the weekend following the draft or, or during the draft. Again, like I mentioned in the in that just list in number 21, the Sixers take Tyrese Maxey, uh, the guard out of Kentucky, who is apparently coveted by head coach Doc Rivers and the front office staff. At number 34, they traded that pick to OKC, and they selected Theo Maladon. The number 36 pick was in a trade to Dallas. They selected Tyler Bay, and the Sixers received a shooter in Seth Curry, the younger brother of Steph Curry. At number 49, they select Isaiah Joe, the guard out of Arkansas. And at number 58, they select Paul Reed, the power forward out of DePaul. Both of those two guys will probably get two-way contracts. And, you know, they're some picks that have some potential, just not as much potential as they feel in Tyrese Maxey. Biggest move of the offseason so far, and this is something that I said had to be done in order for them to be players in free agency or in any other part of the draft as far as trades. And I figured it would have been hard to move. But they found a suitor. They end up sending Al Horford to OKC with the rights to Vasily Micic and a 2025 lightly protected first round pick, which is protected picks one through six and the number 34 pick, which I just mentioned, to Oklahoma City. And in return, they get Danny Green and Terrence Ferguson. So in a matter of a night, they got two shooters, something that they needed in the draft and in, in, in the draft and in trades. The second they 
traded Josh Richardson to the Mavs for Seth Curry and with that 36 pick. Uh, let's see. Ivan Robinson is tuned in. He's saying, what's up to Carlos? Uh, he's sorry for his apologizes for not being on your show, but he's going to reach out. Um, he's going to reach out to you as well. So close. If you're still listening, Mighty Mouse has said he apologizes for not being able to make your show, but he will reach out. Okay. So I hope you guys can connect on that. Then the Sixers signed backup center Dwight Howard one year to the veterans minimum. They also signed another two-way player, another shooter, and his name is Dakota Matthias, who played in the system of the Dallas Mavericks. They are waiving Marielle Shayak and Norvell Pell in order to make way for the Dakota Matthias, and they have room for one more uh, two-way contract, I believe. They also most recently traded Zaire Smith to the Pistons for Tony Bradley. So, some good stuff going on with the Sixers here so far. The only thing missing now is a veteran point guard. Some point guards that were uh, on their radar or that were talked about to be possibly on their list have signed with other teams and DJ Augustine, Jeff Teague. Like I mentioned more recently, over the last day or so, there was a report of a mutual interest between Austin Rivers and the Sixers, but he has since been reported to have signed a three-year, $10 million year, like I mentioned earlier, with the Knicks. So the Sixers are still in need of a backup point guard, a veteran point guard, if you will. And I think it's still going to happen. I just think they're waiting to see what the market value is for guys that are remaining and looking to make a move for someone that would fit with what Doc Rivers' plans are for the team. So right now, the Sixers' outlook, and this is just temporary speculations, if you will. The roster's outlook is sort of looking up, shaping up like this. The starters would be Seth Curry, Danny Green, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and Tobias Harris. Uh, making up the bench would be Shake Milton, Matisse Thibel, Furkan Korkmaz, Mike Scott, Tyrese Maxey, the 21 pick, Terrence Ferguson, and Dwight Howard. So there's a possibility that one of these other three players, if they don't sign someone else, could move up into a bench role. And then we're speaking of Isaiah Joe, Paul Reed, and Dakota Matthias. Now, initially, everyone was excited when the Sixers signed Doc Rivers as a head coach, as was I. And I think that is a, a good signing for them. It is a, a coach who knows how to manage egos, who I think can get the best or get some better quality play out of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. More importantly, Joel Embiid. Then he brings in Dick Yeager, the defensive-minded coach, which will help. And he brings in Sam Cassell, who was on his coaching staff uh, in, with the Clippers. And that gives you now two guards, former NBA guards, who were solid. One was the champion, two-time champion. The other one was just a solid guard who can help our guards do the things that they had struggled with under the tutelage of Brett Brown. Also, people got 
had mixed opinions uh, of the bringing in of Daryl Morey. When initially the thoughts were, oh, he's going to mess up the team. He's going to try and bring in James Harden, yada, yada, yada. He's going to trade away MB because he's from Houston. They didn't play with a the center. They signed Ken Capella, traded him away after the signing. Not the same. I mentioned to people that Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers had a pretty decent relationship. Stan Laws, thanks for tuning in. They had a pretty decent relationship. Um, as far as friendship-wise and then as far as basketball-wise. So I think there was an understanding of Doc wanting to go or having Doc's vision and that be the play or the plan for the moves that they made. And once again, he proved a lot of people wrong when he initially did what he did in moving Al Horford and getting rid of that huge, huge contract that shouldn't have been signed in the first place. Uh, but, you know, it's either here or there. He's not here anymore. He made that trade. So there was a good thing that he has done. Then we move along, and people got a little excited with the Danny Green. There were mixed opinions there as well, where people were saying that he's old. He's not his same guy. Well, for that matter, he fits with the Sixers, in my opinion. He's that 3 and D type player. He can play just enough D on the wing. He has the size. And he is a spot-up shooter, something that we haven't had. So we don't need him to do a whole lot on the offensive end except knock down some threes and play enough D, you know, to be honest. So I think the moves that were made by the Sixers uh, so far were really good moves. Uh, the team has improved. They addressed some things, paid attention to some holes that they had. They still have that one hole, like I mentioned, in needing a veteran point guard to either back up Ben Simmons or whatever, however they plan to use him. But that's still a need for this particular roster. And I don't have any issues with uh, Daryl Morey right now. I think he's on the right track. I think eventually he's going to win some more people over, but we just have to be patient. Free agency is still open, and there could be some other things, some other moves that could be made. So, again, the Sixers have done some good for the first time in a while. And as far as the basketball season starting, I am excited. I am waiting and anxious for basketball season to start like i mentioned earlier when i gave you my nfl stuff i have accepted what the eagle season is uh, i've accepted what that division is so i'm not looking for any resurrection or any big resurrection there it is what it is and like i said unfortunately in this horrible division the nfc east someone will make the playoffs as a, as a fan i hope it will be the eagles but they'll be a one and done because they'll have to travel to a top-tier team, and it's not looking pretty in that instance. So we will definitely see what happens there. But getting back to the Philadelphia 76ers, once again, the outlook is bright. But I think with the differences that were made, there's a little bit more to this bright outlook than last season's uh, outlook was. You have a new coach, a coach who 
is going to hold players accountable, in my opinion. Again, people talked about the Dwight Howard signing and why did they do it. Me personally, excuse me, I look at it in two different ways. And, and this is just my opinion and my thought process. In practice, Dwight Howard can be that force to help Joel Embiid get in shape and stay in shape. He can also be that big brother in the locker room because we all know Dwight Howard is a freak of nature. He, he loves to stay in the weight room. He can do some things to help Joel Embiid along the way. And then if not, he'll have minutes to play. So you have a solid backup, and I think it can work for you in two ways, where you have a solid backup, a solid veteran backup coming off a championship. And with his work ethic as far as the physical nature of his being and just being able to challenge Joel in practice, and hopefully that can transfer over into official gameplay and help that young man be the stud that we know he can be. I think with the shooters that were added, we will see Joel Embiid less around that three-point line. I think the biggest challenge for Doc Rivers and his coaching staff now is to find a way to get Mr. Simmons to shoot the ball. We all know that's been the, the, the thorn in our side as fans and the Sixers fan base for the last couple seasons. We get to see it in the offseason when he's working out how he's shooting, but then it comes to the season and he doesn't do it. I think the coaching staff now with a different approach, with a different pedigree, they, are, they have championship pedigree. Doc Rivers won a championship with the Boston Celtics as a coach. And again, he has Sam Cassell there as well to tutor, to tutor Ben in that guard position to bring him along. And people, I have to say it again, you have to understand, it is not an easy walk for a player to be given the point guard position in the NBA who has never really played point guard any part of his prior career. It's a lot to ask for a player. And I understand, I wish that he would shoot the ball a little bit more as well. But a lot more people are saying they want him to shoot the three. I really don't feel like I need him to shoot the three. You put some players around him that can shoot the three. I just need him to be a lot more dominant in his mindset and a lot more dominant in his physical nature or the actual playing of the game and shoot the ball. I mean, if he can shoot that mid-range shot with the things that he already does well, who knows where his ceiling could go to? You know, he can do things well. He can get to the cup. He plays defense. But if he gets that mid-range jump shot, he could become a killer and be feared amongst NBA teams around the league. So I think the direction is right now. Uh, they still are lingering on trusting the process. I think the process might be coming to an end with this new regime. And, and I think it's a good regime that's going to help these young players grow into their grow into their potential, if you will. And because they're both all-stars, we've both seen the type of players that they can be. 
it was a matter of them being held accountable for their actions off the court and things of that nature. So I think with Doc Rivers and his coaching staff that he has assembled right now, there's going to have some ownership, there's going to be accountability, and there's going to be the work put in as far as in training camp and as far as coaches being on players and helping them improve to reach their said potential. That being said, we will now move into our free agency, which began on Friday. And there, since Friday, the day is only Monday, since Friday, there has been a lot of traffic going on um, with this free agency thing. So I got my notes gathered as I got alerts and got reports of things that were known as I was following. So there there might be, they're not in any specific order. They're not in direct order of how they happen. But you will get your taste of what went on and how things played out for certain players. Uh, initially, AD has not formally committed to the Lakers. Um, I think he said that he will do something around this week or this week's end around Thanksgiving. Not really much to say about that. Um, he opted out. He didn't really formally commit. So it just leads me to believe that he's looking for a lot more money in a contract way uh, from the Lakers, which may or may not happen. Um, I'm sure the Lakers and the Lakers fans are hoping that something does happen very quickly, but we will definitely see. As I mentioned in my early notes, Austin Rivers has now recently signed with the New York Knicks. But in my initial notes, there was a report that he was opting out of his final contract with the Houston Rockets. Wes Matthews um, is going to sign with the Lakers on a one-year, $3.6 million deal. And some of these deals, I don't have the actual years and the amounts of money. But I tried to get with some of the bigger, some of the, some of the main names, or some of the marquee names or possible marquee names. I tried to get those figures for you to see where things are and where people are as far as teams improving or making selections that may or may not help them. Um, as I also mentioned, Dwight Howard has uh, signed with the has agreed to sign with the Sixers on the one year veterans minimum. Danilo Gallinari is going to the Hawks on the three year sixty one. $1.5 million deal. Rodney Hood is returning to the Blazers on a two-year $21 million deal. Another name who I thought the Sixers might have interest in once again, Trey Burke, uh, takes a three-year deal to stay with the Mavericks. Gordon Hayward opted out of his $34 million deal with the Celtics. He initially wanted to initially stressed that he wanted to play for the Indiana Pacers, but ultimately gets a four-year $120 million deal from the Hornets. And to do so, the Hornets have waived Nick Batum, who has not signed with anyone as of yet. One of the top names, if not the top name in free agency coming up, Fred Van Vliet, bet on himself. He is staying with the Raptors in a four-year $85 million deal. Montrez Sorrell skips locker rooms. He goes from the Clippers to the Lakers, on a two-year, $19 million deal. Avery Bradley uh, is going to sign with the Heat on a two-year, $11 million deal. Journeyman Jeff Green is going to be part of the Brooklyn Nets. Another name that had the Sixers uh, name all over it and talks early in rumors, DJ Augustine, 
will sign with the Bucks on a three-year, $21 million deal. Point guard De'Aaron Fox of the Sacramento Kings has agreed to a max deal, five-year, $163 million, with a clause to reach the supermax of $196 million. Mason Plumlee uh, signs with the Pistons, three-year, $25 million. Now, mind you folks, I'm saying sign because that's just my vernacular right now. These deals can't be finalized until, I think, in the next couple of days, but these are the potential deals that are in place. Patrick Patterson um, is to the Lakers on a one-year deal. Jalil Okafor going to the Pistons on a two-year deal. Malik Beasley is going to the Timberwolves, four-year, $60 million. Christian Wood to the Rockets, three years, $27 million. Chris Dunn to the Hornets, two years, $10 million. Bobby Portis to the Bucks on a two-year deal. Rajon Rondo to the Hawks on a two-year, $15 million deal. Steven Adams has been traded to the Pelicans for the Nuggets 23rd, the Nuggets 2023 first-round pick and uh, two second-round picks. Myers Leonard is remaining with the Heat on a deal that will be two years close to $20 million. The Boston Celtics signed Tristan Thompson to a two-year $19 million deal. Former Celtic and Philadelphia native Brad Wanamaker is going to the Warriors on a one-year $2.25 million deal. KCP returning to the Lakers on a three-year $40 million deal. Jeff Teague, another name that was on the Sixers' rumor list and radar to the Celtics on a one-year deal. Uh, another player that was talked about possibly coming back, Nerlens Noel to the Knicks on a one-year $5 million. Serge Ibaka to the Clippers on a two-year $19 million deal. Hey, Aunt Renee. Jay Crowder leaves the Heat to go to the Suns on a three-year $30 million deal. Donovan Mitchell is signed to a max deal with the Jazz of five years, $195 million. Boyan Bogdanovich is to the Hawks, says agrees to an offer sheet with the Hawks on a four-year, $72 million deal. The Kings had 48 hours to match that, and I have not heard that they have matched that deal yet. Kent Bazemore to the Warriors on a one-year deal. Uh, let's see. Marquise, Marcus Morris is going back to the Clippers on a four-year, $64 million deal. Robin Lopez to the Wizards. John Wall has requested a trade. Joe Harris of the Nets is returning there on a four-year, $75 million deal. Jeremy Grant will move to the Pistons on a three-year, $60 million deal. Davis Bertans will stay with the Wiz on a five-year, $80 million deal. Jordan Clarkson is staying with the Jazz on a four-year, $52 million deal. As, you, as I just reported about Boyan Bogdanovich, the Bucks are moving on from that. The Jamichael Green, formerly of the Clippers, is going to the Nuggets on a two-year, $15 million deal. The Nuggets will re-sign Millsap for one year, $10 million. The Blazers will bring back Carmelo Anthony. There is a three-team deal where DeLon Wright will go to the Pistons, Trevor Ariza to the Thunder, uh, Justin Jackson to the Thunder, and James Johnson to the Mavericks. Another trade, a three-team trade between the Celtics, the Blazers, and the Grizzlies. The Blazers will get Enos Cantor. The Celtics will get a future Grizzlies draft pick. 
the Grizzlies would get Mario Hezonia and the 30th pick, which was Desmond Bain. The Raptors are looking to play in Tampa due to the Canadian government not allowing them to play in Canada. So, folks, we've had a lot of movement in the NBA, and I think there's still some movement more to come. Some names that are still floating around for the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, Dario Saric, Kyle Korver, uh, Alex Lynn. There are others that are there. But more importantly, before they make those moves, and I think Dario Saric would be another fit off of the bench as well. Good fit. He would be welcomed by the Philadelphia fan base. But there's still that need for a veteran point guard on this roster. I think the Sixers are are definitely taking their time and looking for one. And I think they'll get one. And it may not be a name that really jumps out at you, but it might just be someone who is an actual just solid veteran point guard in the league. And for that matter, with what they have already, what they've already done, I don't feel like they need to have a major name right now. It, they just need to have someone solid that can play the point guard position and back up Ben Simmons in this rotation. Uh, they Brett Brown tried it with Shake, and I said it once. I saw him in the bubble. He is, in my opinion, just not ready to be a starter at the point guard position right now. It may come somewhere down the line. It may not. But as of right now, I don't feel like he's an everyday starter at the point guard for you because of his lack of pick-and-roll defensive play. We saw how it bothered him a lot against Boston in the bubble in the playoffs. And it's something that I knew was coming or I felt was coming because it's a known fact. He had that stretch in the regular season before the season was cut short when Ben Simmons got hurt, where he had some great games. At that point, you are now put on team's radar. You are now put in team scouting reports, and they will accord, they will address you accordingly, which they did, and it showed as we got into the bubble for the Sixers. So the NBA is moving. Uh, salary cap did not go up. So that was another reason why the Sixers had to make that trade with Al Horford. There's also been a lot of backlash from Al Horford's sister and his wife about the nature of the trade and, you know, the Sixers actually trading him. In my opinion, it just wasn't a good fit, you know, and, and that's the nature of the business. I'm sure Al understands as a veteran and knows that is the nature of the business. It just wasn't a fit here. Um, I think that was sort of an impulse signing as far as him being a thorn in the side of Joel Embiid when he played recently for the Boston Celtics. And they figured if we can't beat him, let him join us. But it just didn't work out. It just didn't work. So they had to move on. Uh, I thought it was going to be tougher than what it was, but they got it done. Uh, I'm sure... Not sure, but I'm guessing that there will be another move made by OKC because we know now that they're in a rebuild. And as I mentioned to you on Wednesday, they now have 17 
first round picks over the next six years. So we know that they're, if you will, for lack of a better phrase, tanking and are in a rebuild. And they got rid of Steven Adams. So maybe there is room for Al Horford to be the starter there. Excuse me, if he wants to stay there or not. But all in all, the bottom line is the Sixers did some good things this offseason. So the fan base should be happy. I think they should welcome in the newcomers, Seth Curry, Dwight Howard, uh, Danny Green. The Josh Richardson thing, it worked a little bit, but he was going to be a free agent next year. Uh, It all boils down to, like, in my opinion, last season, with the moves that were made and the coaching that I saw, it just didn't come together as a lot of people thought that it should have come together and ownership felt like it was time to make a change and they made that change they fired Brett Brown and then they immediately they showed some urgency in my opinion and as soon as they heard that Doc Rivers was let go from the Clippers they jumped on that opportunity and with like I said, with the staff that he has compiled as far as the Sam Cassell, Dick Yeager, good coaches. You know, one was a former head coach, the other one has been with him for several years, and again, has been a solid, more than solid, if you will, NBA player, winning two championships in his early years with the Houston Rockets. He's been a coach for a long time, so he can understand how to get the guard play, how to help Ben Simmons be a better point guard if they're going to keep Ben Simmons at the point guard. And we still have yet to know that and yet to see that. Uh, People are still wondering if one of those guys are going to be traded. It's not going to happen this year because like Doc Rivers says in a lot of his interviews or has said in a lot of his interviews, he has seen that with those two on the court, and I'm referring to Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, He mentioned that they win 65% of their games. And now that we have a shortened season, 10 games less, a 72-game season coming up, and in the Eastern Conference, 65% of your games will get you into the playoffs. You know, I think they got into the playoffs the last couple years because of their talent. Now I think it's going to be a combination of talent and a building of some IQs that will help this team a lot better you've got some champions world champions as far as coaching staff and players now that can help these young guys get along Richard Drummond thanks for tuning in you know you've got like I said you've got Doc Rivers as a head coach winning a title with the Boston Celtics Sam Cassell being on that staff I believe but more importantly being a player in this league and winning championships as well you bring in Danny Green who has won championships in this league You bring in Dwight Howard, who has just recently won a championship, which, again, I think is a good, strong move in more ways than one. But we all know a lot of the Philadelphia fan base. They want things to happen immediately. I don't think it's going to happen immediately, but I also think that that was a good signing, like I said once again, because he can challenge Joel in practice and he can help Joel along the way. Bottom line is, I think this coaching staff is going to be a lot more stern than what was here the past five years, and that's no disrespect to Brett Brown. He just didn't, he just wasn't 
stern enough. He didn't have enough accountability in his repertoire to get these young guys whipped into shape and whipped in the line to reach their full potential. I mean, don't get me wrong. They were all-stars. And people talk about Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris was having his best year under Doc Rivers until he got traded to the Sixers. Uh, Richard Drummond says, he said, Maury did in one night to help this team. Yes, he did. And like I said, thanks for Tom adding that in, Rich. The, the biggest thing was what I feared was going to be the toughest, moving the contract of Al Horford. If he had stayed here he, in his contract, he was owed $81 million over the next three seasons. So that gives them some room, gives them some more room to do some more things in free agency as things still play out. Free agency just started on Friday, so it's only been four days into existence. There are some things that could still happen. There could very well possibly be some even some trades that could still happen. I don't think it's going to be any more trades that would happen, but I think now they have some of that wiggle room where they can move some things or they can do some things or approach some people in free agency as we move forward. So, I, again, I am looking forward to this NBA season coming up. I think it's going to be a really good season for the Sixers. I think Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers are on the same page along with Elton Brand. I think their unit is coming along. Um, I like the pick of Tyrese Maxey. People still have some questions about him, but he's one that is favored by Doc Rivers. Um, Doc Rivers said he's tough. He loves that pick. He loved that pick. So, We'll see how he intends to incorporate him into the flow of the team, the flow of the offense. And we will keep our eyes open and see what else they do in free agency as we move along. With that being said, folks, we're going to wrap up there for today. A little short today because I think I've got some things out to you. I think I've got the important things to you as I needed to. And uh, as always... Frank Milligan tuned in. Thanks for tuning in. As always, I will always, and I always do, I'll keep my ears to the street, um, and I will give you stuff as I get it. You know that. You know where to find me. Instagram and Twitter, at SportsRap underscore D. Facebook, SportsRap Radio Podcast is the group page where you can catch me live. You can also check the website, SportsRapRadio.com. You can check the podcast on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Apple, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast feeds. And don't forget to get over to YouTube. Check YouTube, Sports Rap TV. The videos from last week are up. These videos will go up very soon, if not tomorrow, the next day. And you'll know how to get in touch with me. Folks, if you got anything that you want me to bring to the table, please do not hesitate to DM me on Instagram, comment on Facebook, Send me emails at sportswrap at yahoo.com and let me know what you would like for us to talk about or give us your opinions on the things that we say on air, whether you think we're wrong, whether you think we're right. This is what we're here for. We are here for you. You have been tuned into Sports Rap, the podcast on Heat 100 Radio. It's your boy, Sports Rap D, signing out. I will see you all week on the rest of the week on social media. Once again, we are back to our regular schedule. We are back 
Be back live Monday at 11 a.m. Folks, enjoy your holiday. We can't do much, so be mindful, be wise, stay safe, keep it close-knit so we can get through this pandemic, we can get through December and get to January, and hopefully things can loosen up a little bit more. Stay safe, be great on purpose, enjoy your Monday, and again, enjoy your holiday. It's your boy D, signing out. See you Monday, 11 a.m., right here. Sports Rap Radio, Sports Rap Podcast on Heat 100 Radio.